The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world famous Jonesy and Brown show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just go to bitwsports.com. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twix at Jonesy and Brown or at bitw sports. Jonesy. I got a question for you. What's going on? What is what is the one thing better than the, the one ultimate thing that is better than talking about sports? Better than talking about sports. Better than talking about sports. Well, I'm officially a washed up all head, so I can't say playing sports. No, 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 it's not. You're, you're That's right. out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else do I got? Um, talking sports about a first place team. No, the best thing about the the one thing that's better than talking about sports is watching sports. We do this show on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening now. It's, it's mm-hmm. Thursday evening. Yep, usually Thursday evening. Thursday evening. Brother, I got ready to get uh, – I was getting ready for this show, and I turned on the television, and on an early Thursday evening at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we had a live NBA game on. Live basketball. Live Regular season basketball at five o'clock on a Thursday. That's awesome to me. I've been sitting here going back and forth of what what I truly feel about this in-season tournament. There have been some good parts. There have been some entertaining parts. There have been some bad parts, mainly those floors they've been playing on. (laughs) So I guess I don't have to ask you how you feel about those. Oh, those floors are terrible. But but once again, you know, we're complaining about the floor. I mean, no. that matters in the, when we're talking about a TV product. We can't say yeah. we're ignoring you ignore the floor. That's the mm-hmm. the the key visual you're getting nonstop. Right. That's so first, that if you're talking about t- game. Yeah. You know, there's game, I had a headache. There's been I a couple of those game. courts. There have been a couple courts during the tournament. The Sixers I could tolerate. But there have been a couple courts with some of those colors, a lot of orange, or yeah. like oh. it's just like, oh, this is too much. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Now nah, that Sixers, that very first Sixers game at home gave me a headache. I, I couldn't watch. I'm, I'm like, bruh. But still, but nonetheless, I will take I, I am somebody like during the summer, I I love the business person special in baseball. Give me an afternoon game. Let me come. I love March Madness because the game started noon and I will sit in front. I will take off from work. I will sit in front of a television from noon until 1130 at night and watch all them things. Mm -hmm. When ESPN used to have the 24 hours of college basketball, when there was a live game on ESPN for 24 straight hours. And, you know, you used to be able to watch, you know, those mid-majors just want to get on ESPN, so they don't care mm-hmm. what time, you know. It'd be an East Coast school taking a 5 a.m. basketball game. That, just check, get on I mean, that check from the ESPN game, yeah. that might be the biggest payday some of those programs get yeah. all year. So they're yeah. excited. Yeah. And not to mention, some of those kids may never get national exposure again. Yep. Because we're not talking about the pro, some of those programs. We're not talking about yeah. where you have four or five guys that are going to be in the NBA in the next year or yeah. two. We're Duke. talking about guys who will be coaches, gym teachers, Duke you know, history Kentucky majors. Five AM games, right? You know, you're not you're, you're not going to find you're not going to Villanova is not taking a five AM game. 
St. Joe's might. Uh, maybe. 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 Not St. Joe's this year, because St. Joe's has actually been balling this year. But that's, 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 what, that's, that's what I mean. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe not this year. Maybe not maybe. this But in the past, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, they, they might have. But nonetheless, I want to... Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, pre, uh, in-season tournament for an NBA? Honestly, it doesn't really – I mean, okay. Anything that will get guys to play harder, more serious, more focused early in the year mm-hmm. is a good thing to me. I'm a fan of basketball. I'm a fan of quality, competitive basketball. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm knocking the concept, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't. So here's really what it is. Okay. The fact I've got regular season games, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, tournament game, Tuesday. Regular season games, Wednesday, Thursday, t- tournament game, Friday. It's like it mm-hmm. all feels the same. Yeah. Like other than what, what the court, yeah. Other than what the courts look like, the course of watching basketball, the fan experience is no different because there's no separation. Understood. Had they stopped regular season play and they said for the next three weeks, all we're doing is in season tournament. It would have, I probably would have felt the the excitement of own day, but with it just being blended into the regular season the way it has been, it's hard to really up until I guess you get to the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, mm-hmm. really differentiate it between that and regular season basketball. Well, I'll tell you right now. And, 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 you know, if you see me turn my back, because you actually got, you got a good game going on between Indiana and Milwaukee mm-hmm. right now. Absolutely. And, and, and I'll take, you know, you know, I'll take that five o'clock in the afternoon. Any day. Definitely. Yeah. I will take that. So what I will say is one, I like the end season tournament a whole lot better than I like the, the playing game. Uh, the playoff <laughs> play-ins. I like that a, a whole lot better. Absolutely. Um, I actually saw a good a good suggestion that I really liked. I can't uh, I wish I could give the guy credit. I, I saw it on uh saw it on Twitter and I can't remember who said it. But they were talking about uh the prizes for the winning team. And I know five hundred thousand five hundred thousand for every player. Yep. Now I, I also heard you uh, a suggestion of giving the team that wins a lottery pick with the lowest odds. Mm, that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I, I'm sitting and I'm sitting there thinking about it. When I saw it, I'm like, you know, that's a good idea. An extra them, lottery pick. An extra lo- uh, extra lottery pick, but one with the lowest odds. So if you have, so, like, so if you're Milwaukee's so or your or your Boston's. So let's you know. be clear, though. So say there are 30 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. What we're suggesting is adding a 35th, 31st draft pick. Mm-hmm. So if the team wins this tournament, they have their original pick yes. plus an extra lottery pick with the lowest odds to be number one. Yes. So if you don't move up, you're the pick number 17. Yes. If you do move up, you could be anywhere in that top three. Mm-hmm. I-, I like it. Yeah. You know, like, like, say, I'm looking back just to see who's winning. All right, right now, Indiana's winning. But say, uh, say Milwaukee wins this thing mm-hmm. and somehow winds up with the number one pick. You know, that's crazy. Or say a bad team somehow gets hot for a couple of days in November, mm-hmm. wins the tournament. Now you might have a situation where they have number one and number mm-hmm. two. I take it. Turn their franchise around. Turn the whole franchise around. Hey, you ball out right now, mm-hmm. and we could end up getting you know this guy and this guy from the college ranks. Exactly. I take it. I take it. Well, that's that's probably about as as good a news as I could start with. You know. No, that. I got some good news for you. Oh, you 
Oh, you do? MB went for 50 last night. He did drop a 50-piece on one. Shot better than 50% from the field. Yes, he did. 13 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And seven assists. And a mm-hmm. win. And there a Sixers win. There you go. There That's you good go. news. This team is playing good basketball. Team is playing good basketball. I, I, I like it. 13 and 7 now. They're not dominating. They're about where I thought they'd be on pace for the 45 wins or so. Look at you talking sexers. A couple of weeks ago, this wasn't going to happen, bro. I I told you it was coming soon. I was almost ready. Our last show, I told you I was getting there. You didn't believe me, but I'm getting there. I absolutely didn't believe you. No, This team is fun to watch. I still have my reservations on Maury Mm -hmm. making the right move to complete this team. But I'm not going to deprive myself of the enjoyment. This team is fun to watch in the meantime. Tyrese Maxey, 26 points, 7 assists, no turnovers. Mm, exactly. That's what you want to see. Uh, averaging, um, let me see. I saw, uh, saw this earlier. Averaging 1.5 turnovers uh, a game. 27 points a game. Seven. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rounding up. 27 points a game, seven assists a game, 1.5 turnovers. That's your starting point guard. I still don't want him as my starting point. All right. All right. No, I, 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 I love the kid. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love the kid. I want him on my team. I want him out there playing. I want him getting buckets for me. You want him to be a star. Oh, I want him to be a star. I want, oh, like I said, nice. I want him getting buckets for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to have to worry about running the offense. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. So, <laughs> get say you got a couple first round picks in the Tardin deal, and now you're actually in a situation where you went from having no wings to having too many wings. They can't all get on the court. Mm-hmm. Some somebody says you're the GM. You can move a couple wings and those picks. What type of player are you looking for? I'm, JB's the GM. Who are you looking to get? I am look, looking for a veteran point guard, veteran ball handler, somebody who can facilitate, somebody who can run the offense, who doesn't need to necessarily get their own shot, but is not afraid to take their shot. When you got it, um, Grant, I know those type of players don't just grow on trees. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you got a player like that, you're not looking to trade them. But uh, I mean, that's the kind of player I want. I agree. I mean, ideally, mm-hmm. the type of player, just type of player, I would want. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Oh, would be an Eric Snow type. What's wrong? What was wrong with Eric Snow? Eric Snow just wasn't a superstar, but he was he was a he was a serviceable and, and a I don't serviceable mean, and up point guard. I don't mean that as though it's a knock on Eric Snow, mm-hmm. but let's be clear. Other than the last five minutes of a game, Eric Snow will couldn't make a jump shot. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. But with the way this team is constructed, I'm truly not looking for a point that is a score. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, if you can score, it's a bonus. Of course, I, you know me. I want you to be able to make the open shot. But eh, as long as you're willing to take it every now and then if they leave you wide open, mm-hmm. I don't care if you shoot a great percentage because this team actually, well, you got Maxi, you've got, Multiple guys on the wings that can make shots. And Nick Nurse has play, Joel Embiid playing way over his head, and I love it. So, from that standpoint, yeah, just a guy who can make the right decisions and play defense. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't Out, okay. You don't necessarily, with, with the growth of Tyrese Maxey, with the player that he, it looks like he is ascending to be. And I understand nobody expects him to put up 27 and 7 all season long. 
you know, it, that might come back down to earth, you know, later on this season. Doesn't have to. Doesn't. I, I just uh, that's twenty seven and seven. That that's to me that's superstar numbers. Mm-hmm. And if he's that guy, that then then he's that guy. You know, I'm gonna ride that train till it falls off. I'm just saying, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if he can hold, can maintain that level. Maybe if he comes back down to twenty two or something or whatever. But nonetheless, it with the at the level that he's playing. Mm-hmm. It means you don't have to go out and get another. Uh, you don't have to get another quote unquote superstar. You need a good, another good role player. You don't necessarily like. And I just say this, like off name value, like you don't need another James Harden. I understand James Harden is not a super. <laughs> It's not a superstar, but you but you understand what I mean. Like mm-hmm. the, the attention that his name brings in. Right. You don't need that. You don't necessarily need a, a, a Robin or whatever to Joel Embiid's Batman. You need someone to come in and fill a role. You need someone to take the pressure off your guard who's proven that he can be a scorer, who's proven that he can go get buckets. Mm-hmm. But I, you, and it's not, you, not even necessarily, know, I don't like want to use even use the term you take pressure off of him. What I really want to do is take the ball handling responsibilities away from him. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing a very serviceable, if not admirable job with that responsibility this season. Mm-hmm. But that's not the strength of his game. Yeah. Let's go find a guy who does that instinctively and let Maxi really shine at what he does instinctively, which is get you buckets at a high level. Yes. I like it. Who that guy is, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, <laughs> Who that guy that's is. A Moore, yeah. That's a Daryl Morey, Elton Brand problem. That's why you pay those guys the big bucks, and that's why Jonesy and I come on uh, YouTube and different podcasts and, and talk amongst each other for free. Yeah, you you give me their salaries, I guarantee you I'll scour the league and find that guy. All right, you Guaranteed. give Jonesy you give Jonesy that uh that salary and he'll find a job for me so I can make some money and I work for the Sixers too and I get some tickets. <laughs> and I'll support, you know, I'll, I'll support you. I have your back. I'd be like Big Dom out this piece for the Eagles. <laughs> oh man. Big Dom ride or die. Big For real. Dom. What you think of that, man? Big Don was already ready to scrap. I as loved a Philly, as a Philly fan, as an Eagles fan. I loved it. I loved it. But objectively, oh. he he shouldn't have been involved with a player. Mm-hmm. But that he shouldn't be involved with a player. If anything, but it happened you, right in front of him. So what? It's the nature of the job. If, if anything, and there's something you need to be breaking up, breaking up, deal with an Eagles player, mm-hmm. not one of theirs. Like, okay, a couple weeks ago, Draymond Green got suspended mm-hmm. for putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Draymond to get suspended for that. The reason I didn't want Draymond to get suspended for that is because he went at, they called Gobert a peacemaker, but Gobert went at, in, into the skirmish and grabbed a hold of Clay Thompson rather than one of his teammates. Mm-hmm. You grab hold of somebody else's guy in, in a skirmish, anything can happen. Because mm-hmm. it, it, heat of the moment, really fast, happening really fast. If you're trying to break it up, you deal with your own guys. So from that sense, I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, yeah. knowing big doms that out there riding for the team, you always going to love it. Exactly. It's like, you, and he's, he's become 
part of this team and part of the culture of this team. Now, for you, he's entrenched. Absolutely. As as fan, we all know, like this was really the rest of the football world, the rest of the NFL world being introduced to something we've known about for years. Oh yeah, we've we always know. like you. You go all the way back to to Big Red. You go all the way back to Andy. Mm-hmm. You gonna see Big Dom in the background, just holding ground, making sure nothing goes on. Nothing goes on. Exactly. You see, you know, you seen Big Don with Andy. You seen Big Don with your boy. We won't put his name out there. You seen Big Don with uh, with Doug. Now with I mean, Nick. I but okay. Look at it this way. Imagine, even if say take it out of head Big Dog, take it away from Big Dog. If it's Nick Sirianni doing the same thing, you don't like it. Oh, I would like it. The rest of the world wouldn't like it. Oh, look at Nick. Look. All right. You know, look, look, there he is. Because you, you see. Uh, you flip, see take, let's take it off the Eagles sidelines. Say Kyle Shanahan did that. Or one of the Eagles, not Eagles, 49ers security members did that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, that guy's got to go. You you would not like that guy not being at all. Yeah, that guy's got to get banned. Banned for life. Like, so that, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. no, understand. Uh, uh, objectively. A guy in that position, we ha- let's be honest about it. Yeah, yeah no, I not sh- shouldn't be engaged with a player. Shouldn't be, but you know, but we love. He's our, yeah, but, yeah, because he's our guy. Yes, yes, we love it, so that makes it cool. Guy, guy works for the Eagles, so that makes it okay. I, that's fine. No, I'm not going to say it's okay. Yeah, it's not no, okay. it's fine. It's absolutely it's, fine. It's, it's I'll absolutely will never say it's okay. It's not okay. I just like it. No, no, it's okay, and I loved it. And no, it shouldn't be allowed by any other team. I, I will say if which that was means it should not be allowed by our team either. It, no, which means it's not okay. It's okay for me. <laughs> That's all right. I support it. I approve that message. I thought it was great. I thought mm-hmm. Greenlaw wanted no parts of Big Don. You, you know, and Greenlaw does hit people for a living. So he does hit people for a living. But the thing was, he. Did you think that was a late hit on – I mean, that's how the whole skirmish started. Looked like Smith it, it was out of bounds. I wouldn't call it late because he they got in, he engaged Smith for the tackle inbounds. The suplex actually probably began with Smith's feet still inbounds. Mm-hmm. But he suplexed him like we were watching WrestleMania 58 or something. Yeah. And that's excessive. Yeah, and you do that on the other team's sidelines, you're going to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, and and, and part of it was, I, I thought, of what started was, as soon as he did it, it was big dime, and you could clearly hear, him, see him say right to Greenlaw's face was mm-hmm. that's BS, and he didn't he didn't abbreviate it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Absolutely. that's some, that's some BS, which it was, and I'm okay with Dom saying that. Yeah. I'm okay with him speaking up using his words. Mm-hmm. It's when Greenlaw engages him, he engages Greenlaw physically, either one, mm-hmm. but he shouldn't be touching each other. Period. And look, man, once you go down that rabbit hole, or, you know, once you go down that foxhole, whatever you want to call it, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no escape. I get it. <sighs> And that, that like little... I'm calling for Big Dom's job or anything. I'm... Oh, oh no, 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 I no! Hope the man's Christmas bonus is bigger than what it was going to be. Nah, already. man, I'm, I don't believe that man should be suspended. I don't believe no, that man I, should be fined. I, I, hey. I want them to double his Christmas bonus. Oh, the Eagles absolutely should. Absolutely, whatever his Christmas bonus was going to be, double it. And whatever, and, and look, man, look, Devontae Smith ain't struggling. That man ain't mm-hmm. missing no meals. So if they find Big Dom, Devontae Smith should be like, "Yeah, man, I got you." Yeah, yeah, I, you you take that. Hey, I got you, homie. You know that that's that's what should happen. But I think you know if you just want if the NFL just wants to say, hey, brother, don't hey, hey, hey don't do that again, man. That's not cool. And then just leave it at that. I'm good with that. It's not like this guy has like a history of so, of infractions. All right, but you know, at end of the day, I. Not really a, that big a story to me. Um, it happened. It's over. They said their apologies. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the game itself? How the game played out? 
We got stomped. That's what happened. We got destroyed, bro. Ain't too many. That's that's a great analysis right there. It is what it is. That's we, what the viewers come for. We got stopped. We got stopped. <laughs> Here it is. You, you, you uh, uh, bet. As we sit here, we've sat here and talked about power rankings and things like that, and we've both agreed that these are debates that are settled on the field. So when you have two teams where there's an argument to be made that they are the best team in the conference, maybe the best team in the league, it's like there's only one way to settle it. I'm not trying to settle that debate with analytics. I'm not trying to settle that debate with 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 debates. You you line up, you put your hand in the dirt, and you settle it. And if the result of that game is 42 to 19, Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, we got stomped. Now, I am not convinced that this is necessarily the statement that a lot of people want to make it out to be. How so? I, me personally, I wouldn't be afraid of the Eagles playing the Niners again. I'm not convinced that if they played again, it would be 42 to 19. Let them, you know, let them play again. I, I, you know, it was a horrible game, horrible game, horrible game plan, you know, Sloppy play, sloppy play calling, all of that. So it was, it, it was a it was a super mixture of bad. So here's some things. I don't. Here, first, I'll tell you where I disagree with you. Okay. I don't think the play calling was that bad. The execution of said plays was bad, but. The game starts, Eagles get the ball first. I never like getting the ball first, but we got the ball first. San Francisco gets it to start the second half. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. We get the ball, go right down the field. Offense is working. You're in the red zone. You're inside the 10. You got to finish that drive. Three points isn't enough. Agreed. Against a team like San Francisco, you know from the start three points is not enough. If you're inside the 10, I almost approach that game like anything inside the 10 is four down territory. Just That's just how my, my mindset for a game like that against a team like that. Mm-hmm. But all right, fine. You get, you get take the three points, you kick off. They go three and out on their first possession. You get the ball back. You go right down the field on them again. Offense at this point looks like you can move the ball on them. You're gonna you should be able to move the ball on them with fairly minimal complications the way it's looking after the first two drives. Mm-hmm. You get to the red zone again, you're inside the 10 again, you stall again, you take three. That's unacceptable. Bare minimum, one of those drives needs to get in the end zone. Bare minimal. I'd prefer both, of course, but you got to get one of those in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Kick the ball away again. Three and out again. So you have the ball back for a third possession. Up 6 nothing when you should have been up 14 nothing with the ball. And Jalen Hurts takes terrible sacks. Holds the ball way too long. Mm-hmm. He got 3.7 seconds of protection per drop back that game. That's a lot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's got to get rid of the ball. At one point, I started to. It started feeling Carson Wentzish mm. from the standpoint that Wentz post knee injury. 
it seemed like he was always looking to make the big play, the hero play, instead of just making the easy play. Mm-hmm. You'd hold the hold on to the ball too long. You take sacks because you're standing back there waiting to make the big play. Hurts get rid of the ball. If you're going to take off running, one, two, three, nothing there, go. You can't wait four or five seconds against a defensive front like San Francisco's mm-hmm. and then still think you're going to be able to escape. You hold the ball for five seconds, throw it away, something. But you just can't sit there, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then try to dance around and slip or get mm-hmm. sat. It's unacceptable. So now you're after three possessions, it's 6 nothing. you're punting the ball away, and you probably should have been up minimum minimum 13 nothing let's call it but i'm thinking 17 nothing it should have been at that point mm-hmm. if your offense is executing properly changes the entire tone of the game the entire tone of the game changes after that once that eagles punted went three and out of the, themselves on that third possession Something in San Francisco clicked. Their confidence, whatever it was, where they may have been a little, I don't want to say nervous, but unsure of themselves Mm -hmm. at the start of the game. And they were like, oh, these guys can't beat us. Something clicked in them in the second quarter. They were like, we got negative six yards and we are down six nothing. Well, we got this. And that was it. The now let's talk about the defense. I mean, we've seen it over the last two years. Last year, when Maddox and John Gardner Johnson were out, this year, since Maddox has been out, especially while Roby was out, this defense is highly vulnerable in the middle, and the linebackers, Morrow and Ellis, were atrocious. Cost Ellis's job. Mm-hmm. Cost well, Ellis's job. Well, well, technically, Shaq Leonard cost Le- yeah. Ellis his job because if they didn't sign Shaq, El- Shaq Leonard, I'm pretty sure Ellis would still be here. Agreed. But there were so many times where, all right, I'm gonna tell you before I make this point. Let me tell you a stat. Okay. Debo Samuels had 116 receiving yards. How many of those yards do you think came after the catch? Most of them. Give me a guess. What would seem like an excessive number out of 116? Like like maybe 40, 50. 40, 50 yards after the catch would be a lot. Yeah. Of his 116 receiving yards, 115 came after the catch. One hundred and fifteen yards. The deepest throw Brock Purdy threw down the field of the entire game was 15 yards. He's throwing it into space in the middle of the field against guys that can't cover. Morrow and Ellis. And then beyond not covering, there were this is the point I was gonna make. There were way too many times where I saw defenders try to put a shoulder in somebody to make the tackle. Oh yeah. In, instead of wrapping up and taking the yeah, guy oh, yeah. to the ground. San Francisco, let's let let's respect our opponents for a second. Mm-hmm. This is a tough physical football team. You're not just going to go out there and try to big hit stick everybody on every tackle. Like, I'm just going to put the shoulder in you. You go to, you got to wrap guys up. There mm. was a lack of fundamentals on the defense, like mm. fixable things, things that should not be happening. Not, okay, gr- yeah, you have guys that can't cover. We have guys that are going to get exposed. We know that. they can t- They can wrap up. When you go to put the shoulder in, you can put the arms out, wrap them around the waist, and take the guy to the ground. That's an option. Mm-hmm. That bothered me more than anything else I saw from the defense. More than guys getting beat, more than 
like not getting home on Purdy after the first quarter. More than all of that, what bothered me the most was guys not wrapping up when they tackled. Did you follow that that brief? Uh, I guess if you want to call it, like social media exchange between Seth Joyner and and Slay I earlier not, this week. I, catch me up. What I miss? Uh, basically. Seth Joyner said that the team looked like they were afraid to tackle in the game. Okay. And I guess, you know, Slay, being a player, being a captain on that team, we'll take exception issue, to that. Took exception to that. Mm-hmm. And I, that kind of, and I guess, you know, Slay kind of called him out on that. And Seth pretty much doubled down. Like, I said what I said. Mm-hmm. I looked at that game and it looked like people weren't. Had no interest in tackling. Well, one, no one can say anything to Seth Joyner about tackling. Because mm. he's been on the field and he did it with the best of them. Yeah. He knows what he knows what it looks like mm-hmm. when you want to tackle someone. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like I said, I don't think it was a matter of want to. Like they didn't want to tackle. So I think that was probably a poor way of phrasing mm-hmm. what set the the point Seth wanted to get across cuz like I said there it, it was technique it was poor not I don't want to say poor effort but poor fundamentals this fundamental breakdowns things that just shouldn't happen mm. in an NFL when an NFL team is trying to tackle players now, if so, you so had me, no me, interest in tackling properly, yeah, that that's fair. That's a hundred percent fair. So let me jump in there because I, you were one who said wasn't necessarily play calling, but to have breakdowns in techniques in a game this big, mm-hmm. this late in the season, then who do you blame? Is that on the player or is that on the coach? That's on coach can't go out there and wrap up for you. Okay. I guarantee you coaches every day in practice are telling players to wrap up guys up. Mm-hmm. Co- every coach at every level since Pop Warner tells a player to tells guys to wrap up. Mm-hmm. What I think happened is these guys got emotional, caught up in all the trash talk, and they're thinking, oh, I'm going to put the smack down on this guy. I'm going to lay him out. Doesn't work like yeah. that. Brock Purdy I, I, is running through tackles because you try to put a shoulder into Brock Purdy instead mm-hmm. of wrapping him up. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you don't wrap up, when you let your fundamentals get away from me. That's on players. I honestly, I had, going into this game, I kind of thought, that, I felt like the Eagles had played this right. They were letting San Francisco do all the talking. A lot, not, a lot of, it's not about the talk. It's no, about no, no, I mean, let, let, no, 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 no. No, I'm with you. But it, I thought, but I, but I thought that the, the the Eagles had really let San Francisco do all the talking, and I thought they were ready to let their play do the talking for them in this game, and then for them to come in and crap the bed the way they did, for them to play the way they did, gave. San Francisco, all the all the the confidence, pretty much in the public eye, validated everything they said. Now I'm sitting here telling you on this show, you know what? I'm not afraid to run it back, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm I'm in the minority. People are already ready to check out on the Eagles. See, here's the thing, though: fundamental breakdowns can be fixed. Yeah. You can yeah, wrap can up. Be. You can but, tackle better. You can give up the five, six-yard catch just like you did all game long in this this game and wrap up, and then Debo Samuel doesn't have 116 yards. He has – if he gets tackled a couple steps after every catch, he has 10 yards. Mm-hmm. He wasn't catching the ball downfield. Wrap up. I mean, these are fundamental things that are fixable. So the question is, can they fix them 
and time to go down to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Because now the Dallas Cowboys but are looking their tops, looking the at the Eagles like they fool. That's what I mean. I don't think that's a question. Guys know how to wrap up. You learned it in Pop Warner. You just have to do it. There's not a defensive player in the NFL who does not know how to wrap up and tackle. Mm-hmm. You won't make it to the NFL not knowing how to do that. So given the way that this defense got embarrassed on Sunday, do you then come – can they come back? Do you expect – I'm asking you, Mike Jones. Do you expect them to go down to Dallas and take on the Dallas Cowboys who now have who now feel like they have all the momentum in the world? Dallas has felt like the Eagles – were a little bit overrated and overhyped. Did, did you see Dallas's last game? Yeah. They gave up 35 points to Seattle. I, I understand. Seattle's not that good. Seattle doesn't have the number four scoring offense in the league. The Eagles do. Mm-hmm. If Seattle can put up 35, I'm, I have no reason to, not to be confident the Eagles, who already beat Dallas, can mm-hmm. do the same. Mm-hmm. Talk Dallas, that talk. Dallas is not San Francisco. No, they're yeah, not. Yeah, the Eagles lost 42-19 to San Francisco. Dallas lost 42-10 to San Francisco. Talk that talk. This is not the same matchup we had last week. Mm-hmm. This is a different team, a different game, and I fully expect the Eagles to be able to go into Dallas and handle their business. That, that's how I feel about the Dallas game. It's, you preaching right now. See, I I, I need that. I, like, I I need Mike Jones talking that talk. Like, l- let's not get carried away. It, it's one loss, second loss of the season. Second. You're, you're 10 and 2. You don't get to be 10 and 2 by being a bad team. You're a flawed team, no questions. Mm. You are a flawed team. Mm. Every team in the league is flawed. San Francisco's probably the least flawed roster. Philly's probably second on that list. Okay. So Dallas, Dallas is close. I'm but not you, gonna you, I'm not gonna disrespect Dallas, like say they're a bad team. They're a good no, football team. No, no, Dallas ain't trash. Dallas they're not trash. Know, Dallas, no, they're not trash. Dallas is a good team. But you know, but you talk also, about we can talk about how Dallas but I'm sorry, go ahead. Real quick, we while we're saying Dallas is a good football team. They've beat two teams all year that were above 500 when they played them. They've beat no one who is currently above 500. Seattle 6 and 6, that that's the best record they've beat. The two teams that are above 500 records currently that they played the 49ers and the Eagles were both losses. Mm-hmm. So let's not get carried away thinking Dallas is going to do what San Francisco did. Those Mm -hmm. teams are not the same. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, look, people are down on the Eagles, man. Your boy Derek Carr wants wants Hurts benched for Mariota. You talking about the same Derek Carr who has former teammates talking about he couldn't even remember plays? That Derek Carr? Because he absolutely has former teammates coming out talking about, no, no, dude, no. you didn't even know plays. He's talking about how does he know if somebody couldn't read defense and he couldn't even remember plays. Bruh, if, if Tom Brady's telling me he can't read off read a defense, I got to listen to Tom Brady. Uh-huh. If I'm watching the Manning cast and Peyton's uh-huh. like, yeah, he's struggling to read the defense, I got to listen to Peyton. Yeah. Peyton knows what he's looking at when he's talking about reading the defense. Derek Carr? <laughs> First of all, that dude played before, three games and then developed a severe case of happy feet. He wasn't reading nothing. Man, first of all, did you even know Derek Carr was an analyst before uh, he dropped that gem? No, actually, I didn't. Exactly. And, I said, and, and Derek Carr put him in that same in that same category as Chris Sims, as former players who are now analysts who were better players than they are analysts. And then you think about Derek Carr's career. I would rather watch Derek Carr play football than hear him talk about football. 
And then you think about his career. That man was a human doormat. That I man mean, might as well hike the ball now, and just lay flat Now, in the all ground. fairness, they did draft him to an expansion team that had yeah. nothing with him. Nothing. Nothing with him. Nothing. But, but he was a doormat. He did nothing to raise that team. No. No, he, he all he did was I've seen, ensure, I've seen guys ensure them high draft picks every year. What I've seen te- I've seen quarterbacks come into bad teams and immediately raise that level. Like you could tell, like, okay, this kid has some. Mm-hmm. So Eric Carr never gave you that that moment where it's like, okay, this kid can play in the league. This kid will survive. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Yeah. CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. You know. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, yep. We can we can go through. There's been yeah. a bunch of. Them. I understand. I understand. He, his uh, uh, he might not be the best person, but uh, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's what I mean. That. Yeah. So now, but no, uh, but now, but no, no, time out, time out. Because yeah. I'm gonna be objective for a second. Okay. If Jalen Hurts is getting four seconds of drop. Four seconds of protection per drop back, he does have uh-huh. to be better. Yeah. I won't go to the extreme of saying he can't read a defense, but let's be honest, he's he's gotta be better. Because yeah. if you give Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Pat Mahomes it, don't need four seconds. But I'm I'm just saying, no, if you no, give no, any I'm of these guys the type of protection he was getting that night against San Francisco. He's finding their guys and delivering yeah, and they're no, running up I, the score. No, I I say that I, I say that. No, I get what you mean. I'm just saying. No, I, I know exactly. What I'm, I'm just saying, like yeah. any of those guys, you give them four seconds of protection, they're probably running up the score on you, mm-hmm. unless the so, receivers are dropping the ball. So Hertz does have to be better. Hertz has to be better. They're going to play Dallas. You've already stated Dallas ain't Dallas ain't the Niners. So it's feasible. It's it is believable that the Eagles can bounce back on the road Absolutely. against the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely, it's believable. I would almost go as far as to say it's probable. Mm. Almost, almost. What what keeps you from from making it probable? You say that. You sound like a little game. bit on if the hmm? if the game was in Philly, I'd I'd call if the game were in Philly, I'd say it's a lock win for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, where they do play well, I think they've won like 14 straight at home or something. Mm-hmm. 20 of their last 21 games on tur- on an artificial surface. Like they like the fast track. Yes. So it's and I and I'm not gonna disrespect them and say they're a terrible team. This is not uh, some some of the Cowboys teams from years past that I would say tr- trash and all sorts of no. no, this team they're all right, and I wouldn't can't can't call them battle tested or anything like that. But they're a talented team. I do think their defense can be had, so I think this will be a shootout. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I can see this game easily. Like the over under is set at fifty one and a half. I expect this game to go well over there. It's not that I necessarily, I don't want to make it seem like I'm putting a whole lot of extra stock into this. However, I will take a returning healthy Zach Cunningham and a Shaq Leonard over the linebacking core. They marched out there against, uh, against the 49ers. Absolutely. I understand, I understand. I'm not. I'm not going to sit out here because there was a reason why Shaq Leonard was cut in end of November, December. Yeah, he's had two back surgeries. Yeah. He's not a top three linebacker in the league like he used to be at his position. Yeah. And they have some youth in there that they wanted to get on the field. Let's not ignore that part. Yeah. NFL in a salary cap sport, if you have a young, cheap guy you want to develop, an older guy who can still play might be a casualty of that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was released doesn't mean he's done. 
Doesn't mean he's done. But but it does suggest he's, done, he's not as prime anymore. Yeah. So I guess my thing is, I think on the outside looking in, people might say, might think that we're looking at Shaq Leonard like he's some sort of savior. And I don't think that he's a savior. I just think that he's better than what we had. I think when I, you look at what we had, what you when you look at what was out there on that field against the Niners, let's look at it this way: if, if he can come in and play middle linebacker to the level that T.J. Edwards played middle linebacker last year, not to his former prime level, just to the level T.J. Edwards played, Edwards, ser- okay, serviceable middle linebacker. You Shaq play Leonard that. was a well, Shaq Leonard was an All Pro. Exactly. TJ Edwards wasn't was an all pro. He was a solid was a linebacker. Yeah, he was solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, but if he can come enough. and play, if he can come in and play to that level, that drastically changes the look of this Eagles defense because Bradley Roby, not great, but he's been serviceable in the nickel. But you still are able to pick on the linebackers. Mm-hmm. If Cunningham comes back from the hamstring healthy and Shaq Leonard can play at a serviceable level. It might not become a strength of your defense, but now it's not a gaping hole right now. The middle of your defense might as well. It's Mm -hmm. a hole. No, when, when you have a guy that can catch over the middle, like Debo Sam Samuel. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, 116 yards, 115 after the catch. That's a problem. And then you're going into the next week knowing that you're going to be, you're looking at CD lamb. And if you remember what he did against us last time, it was a lot, 170 yards or something, but a lot of it, what didn't come when he was lined up on the outside, they lined him up in the slot a lot and attacked the middle of the field. This was not a new problem that showed, that showed up against Mm -hmm. San Francisco. The tackling was horrendous against San Francisco, mm-hmm. but being vulnerable in the middle of the field has been a problem all year since Asante Maddox went. Avante Maddox, excuse me, I said Asante like Samuel. Avante <laughs> Maddox went down in Week One, and Roby missing missing a lot of time. We've been vulnerable in there. Definitely. So, from that extent, if Shaq Leonard can make it to a point where teams have to actually give your playmakers on the defense a chance to make plays because I got to hold an extra half second instead of making the quick throw. Now my defense can get home. My front four, my front four, which actually is really high on the list of the league and pressures, can get home now because mm-hmm. the quarterback can't get the ball out quite as quick. Or maybe they have to take an extra shot into a tighter window where Slay or Bradbury might actually be able to make a play rather than a guy breaking in in the middle of the field with the closest defender three yards away. So to that extent, I don't like I won't use the word savior of the defense, but if he can come in and be serviceable, yeah. it, it will that's absolutely change it will yeah. absolutely change the face of the defense. Yeah, that's that's all you need. I mean I think these are the moves. <laughs> uh, it, these are the moves. And you you and Javon got on me uh, earlier this week because I I, I, fell, I fell down another uh, – I had a relapse on Sunday. <laughs> you know I've, I've been trying my hardest to refrain from getting into it with people on Twitter. <laughs> I've been trying to turn over a new leaf, and and I, I was backsliding, man, because people was out there begging for some smoke, man, and I just felt the need to just give a couple people, you know, just just throw some things out there, and it took me took me a day or two to work it all out of my system. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't done on Sunday. Like I thought I tried to I tried to be done on Sunday. When the game was over, you know, engaged with a couple of people and I tried to leave it alone. But on Monday they were still begging for the smoke and I had to give them a little bit more. So when the story started coming out where it was like, okay, Eagles, they signed Shaq Leonard, 
There's still talk about whether or not they're going to uh, sign Zach Ertz. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. You know, if it does, cool. If not, that's, you know, for me personally, that's not a, that's not a big deal. And mm -hmm. I saw another story saying that the Eagles had expressed interest in bringing Indomitian Sue back. I'd be okay with bringing Sue back. Yeah. And someone basically had uh, kind of suggested that these were all panic moves. And, and well, Indomitian Sue is a guy who played for you last year, was very effective in the role as a rotational DT for you last year. And you're not asking anything more of him. With Jordan Davis being improved, Jalen Carter being a monster, Fletcher Cox being a st effective, having not having to play as many snaps as he has in years past. All you're asking from Sue is to fill a role. And the DT position is one where a, a guy who's a little bit older can still be effective. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to me, it's that's that's not a panic move. That's those are the moves that you of a savvy GM. Mm -hmm. That's a guy. That's a GM whose team just went to the Super Bowl, might have come up short, but still wants to get back. If you can add veteran depth, a guy who at one point at one point in time was a game changer. At one mm -hmm. point in time, was probably one of the best in the game, but can still come in and play at a level. Doesn't have to command a whole bunch of snaps. Doesn't isn't going to take snaps away from your young people. Not even necessarily but, take away snaps the, from your veteran. But I say the biggest pro, a biggest positive in favor of bringing back Sue is your familiarity with him. He was here last year. The locker room knows him. He knows it's a different D coordinator, but the system is still fairly similar. It it would be a fairly smooth smooth transition to ingratiating him into the defense. So it's a zero risk move yeah. if you do bring him in. Not low I won't even say low risk. Zero. Low, risk. Yeah, it's like you're not bringing Indomitian Sue in here to be a game changer. The same way you're not necessarily bringing Shaq Leonard in here to be a game changer. You you've given them roles. I think, honestly, when you look at the grand scheme of this defense, when they let Kazir White and TJ Edwards walk, I think which there was... Knew, which we knew they would because we, we don't knew, invest in linebackers. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think there was a perception that they were going to be able to fill that role with younger players that they had on this roster, namely N'Kobe Dean. Dean has been a little slow to develop. Now he's hurt. Zach uh, Zach Cunningham has 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 played well, as well. He's played as well as could be expected. He's played as well as has played as well as could be expected. Okay, fair fair enough. But nonetheless, I think it, it's easy to see that the Eagles thought they were a little farther along at the linebacker position than they actually were. So that forces your GM to make a move to kind of shore things up, and Shaq Leonard becomes available. So if you're a good GM, you go out there and you try to bring a Shaq Leonard in so, here. I mean, the, the guy you had slated as your number one inside linebacker to start the year is out for the year. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who's a former all-pro top three inside linebacker in the league that becomes available after said time when your starter – went on the IR for the second time in the year and he's you know he's done it's foolish to not at least kick the tires on this all pro linebacker he cleared waivers you're not giving up any assets to bring him in it's not like you traded picks for him at the deadline mm -hmm. you picked him up he you didn't you didn't even claim him off waivers where you have to pay his salary his number salary, no he let them clear numbers, and you can get them for nothing. Or not oh, nothing, man. but for cheap. But, yeah. It's not breaking the bank. No, nah, the Colts are still paying his yeah. money. He come to you for cheap. And so it's, for those reasons, it's, like I said, it's a zero-risk move. For, like the same way Sue was a zero-risk move, Leonard is a, a one. The 
the, the only risk in bringing in Shaq Leonard is if he turns out to be worse than Christian Ellis because you just cut Christian Ellis to bring him in. Yeah. So if you think he's going to be worse than Ellis, then, yeah, it's a risky move. I don't know anyone, and I mean I do not know anyone that thinks that even a possibly diminished Shaq Leonard is going to come in and be worse than Ellis was. Agree. Agree. All right, so that brings us to the nitty-gritty. What are your thoughts on Sunday? 38-31 Eagles? I like that. I like how that sounds. Writing that down. 41-35 41-35 Eagles. Uh, yeah, 41-35 Eagles. I can dig it. I, I, I could use I, I could use could use an Eagles win right now. An Eagles win would make me feel really good. Would love to come back next week and we can talk an Eagles win. Let's try to make that happen. You let us know what you think of this show. Hit us up Facebook. Instagram and Twitch. The Eagles need to make that happen. Hit us up. Tell us all about it. Facebook, Instagram, Twix. Jonesy and Brown. Jonesy and Brown. That's how it is. At BITW Sports. Either or. That's how you get in contact with us. Subscribe. Download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. At BITWSports.com. That's my Jones over there. That's John Brown. That's who I am. Y'all have a great weekend. Y'all enjoy all the sports. Make sure you check us out on phillygoflow.com every weekend, Saturday at 4 a.m. And yeah, get up real, real early. No, no, no. Not 4 a.m. Saturday at 5 a.m. Or not as early. 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. on phillygoflow.com. Sunday morning at 4 a.m. on phillygoflow.com. Make sure you check us all out. Have a great weekend, y'all. Be out of here. Peace. Peace. This podcast is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. To subscribe, download, and follow on social media, go to bitwsports.com. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.